Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hey, you guys. It's so nice to see you. It's super, I, I love this about Zoom that you can just go to other meetings and you don't have to like drive and do all the things. Anyway, it's it's super sweet to see you. And I see some faces that I recognize that I haven't seen in a while. I love it. And um, I see some names also that I recognize. So I'm, so, I'm super happy to be here. I, th- I, I just thought about this. I often, um, you know, it's, uh, Lewis told me, and thank you, Lewis, for inviting me to share. Um, Lewis told me it's just, it's a regular share, like what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. And I just really, I'm going to flip it. I'm, I'm going to start with what it's like now, because I always give that like short drift at the end. And I thought it might, you know, I just, I just really want to kind of celebrate the difference in my life today than from what it was. So just quickly, like the, I just made a little list for myself as I was waiting to, to get started this evening. And the first thing, that, these are not in order of importance necessarily, but the first thing that came to mind was that I don't wake up every morning and hate myself. I don't like look in the mirror, like get up, go to the bathroom, look in the mirror and just go like, oh my God, you're so disgusting. Check. Like, yeah. Um, I'm a normal body weight, um, which is just miraculous for somebody who's a compulsive overeater like me. Um, there's an event coming up in my life soon. I mean, just a, a friend's which seems like such a big deal because it's the first thing I'm going to after COVID. <laughs> Literally, like, you know, with other people. So, you know, my first thought was like, oh my God, what am I going to wear? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I went and looked in my closet and, I, you know, it was just like, I can wear anything, you know, and, and I'll be okay. It's like, I don't, I'm not going to be fantastic. And this is the great gift of program also that it's like, I think before recovery, I had this idea that like, if you are normal body weight, you would, it was all just like rainbows and daisies or so, or or you look fabulous all the time. I I don't know what I thought, but it's just like, I'm just normal. I'll be among, I'll be one among many. I'll just be, I'll be a normally nicely dressed person, like sort of nicely, nice, nicely for me, (laughs) you know? And also, um, my husband and I like did a, a Mari Kondo of our of our of our closets the other day, and it's like I could literally I can literally wear every single thing that's in my closet, and that's just like a a, a gift from from a higher power. Um, I have a higher power. I have tools to turn to when I hit the shit, and I still hit the shit all the time. Um, you know, when, when things get that I used to, I don't have this anymore. I realize I have it in my head now, but I used to have this little, oh, well, here's, here's one. I just have these little five, by, you know, whatever these are three by five cards. And I put them in a little plastic thing. And it was my, and I wrote on it all my kind of OA mantras and the strange prayer and things that people wise, wise OA folks said, and just things that reminded me of my recovery and so when things got really bad just like go curl up in my room and just like kind of crying usually read the things and it would just calm me down just to have that 
I remember thinking when I first came into program, before program, I was like, it's a very weird analogy, but it's the only thing that I can think of. I was like Helen Keller before she could spell, you know, before she had words. That's what it was like. I was just in this deep, dark hole with no interface to peace, no interface to like, um, to to get better, to feel better, to, to not be miserable. I just didn't know how to do that. And, and OA gave me that. And I was, you know, I had a, a spiritual path. Um, so it's a pretty, it's kind of big deal. It's like something about OA really gave me those, just like, just these very practical logistical tools. And when I first got in program, well, I guess, um, I guess I'll really go backwards. So when I first got in program, I remember that um, that I, I just thought of it as like, and I still think of it to this day. It's like, you know, building up your spiritual fitness. I just think of it as a logistical thing. It's just like, if I, if I wake up and I start saying prayers right away, if I, if I talk to my higher power and ask for help right away, if I eat my abstinent breakfast, if I talk to my sponsor once a week, if I go to my meetings, if I speak when somebody asks me, all those things just kind of build up and make this little, it's like, it's just, none of them are just like magic. None of them are, um, I don't know how to say special, but all together, they just build up and make this little beautiful life in which I don't have to compulsively overeat every day. And so just, thank you, perfect. So um, what it was like was that I compulsively ate every day. Um, I've been a compulsive overeater since I was a child. Oh, I just realized I usually I do, um, I I do pictures. So I'm I'm gonna show you my pictures. That's me there. That's one of them. I won't show them all, but I just pulled a couple out and that's me too. And those are both roughly just before, this one is really, this one is really just before program. I think I weighed like 210 or something. I stopped weighing when I was, when I was 200, but um, compulsive reader since I was a child, I don't, I, I was never not a compulsive reader. My entire family, I'm from the South. My entire family are compulsive readers, like maybe 2% of my large extended family are not compulsive readers. Everybody is. Um, everybody dies of heart attack, stroke, you know, just all the compulsive overeater things. That's, that's what, who we are. And among my family, I was like kind of the identified, somehow I was like the worst. I wasn't necessarily the biggest, although I was, you know, plenty big, but it was like, I, and that, that used to piss me off because I used to think like everybody, that we're all compulsive. Like, what are you talking about? You're all compulsive overeaters. Like, why, you know, why am I like the identified? I can't even describe it. Like it's somehow I was the the main one, the the, the worst one somehow. And I realized now that I, it was right. Um, there was something about the range of my disease. There's something about the depth of my disease that was, um, yeah, I was the winner. I, I, <laughs> always the most compulsive among us um and so like you know never not do, I, I don't think I was hungry my entire life I, I honestly 
I, I don't think that there was enough time between meals for me to, to ever get hungry. And I, I, that was, it was just like that all the time. I was suicidal in college. I was so unhappy about, um, I was so unhappy about my body, my life, just being deep in this disease, isolated, uh, bleak life. I think it's the isolation. It, it was, it was the isolation that mostly, it was just like me and my um, relationship with food. That was, that was the most that was so sad that made me want to take my life. Unfortunately, I just didn't. That's a long story, but um, continued on and managed to, um, I'll just come, because there were so many years of it until I was about 40, I was just compulsive eater all the time. Um, and I'll just give you a quick snapshot of, of a day of like kind of my last year before I got into program. Wake up, have a regular, you know, wake up, check, hate myself you gross, disgusting pig, great. Um, have breakfast with my husband, uh, go to uh, a normal sort of breakfast, take the bar, go downtown. I was working downtown at the time. Um, go to McDonald's. I'm, I'm allowed to mention food here. Okay. Um, I, I won't be too specific. I would go to McDonald's, get a second breakfast, eat that breakfast in the three or four blocks on the way to my work, go to my work. Sometimes they have treats grab one of those and just hate myself and just like not want to do it, but I would just do it. I could not do it. I could not do it, not do it. And just snack all throughout the morning on healthy things, you know, things that were just tried to not, you know, gain too much weight, have a large lunch, snack throughout the afternoon, go home, have a regular dinner, snack throughout the evening, go to bed hating myself. It just brings tears to my eyes when I think about how sad that was. Um, and at the end of the day, I was so miserable that uh, my husband and I were starting to have really serious problems. We'd, we had married when I was about 35 and I loved him deeply, um, loved him deeply, but we were really starting to really struggle. And it became clear to me that if I kept down the path that I was on, that we were probably gonna split up. And, um, and that I, I knew it was me. Like I was so mad at him all the time, but I knew it was me. I knew it was like this, this deep misery in me. Unfortunately for me, a friend of mine uh, had been to OA in Michigan or something before. Skinny little thing, didn't, you know, like I was like, what do you know about compulsive overeating? You know, you know, nice. you know nothing. Thank you. <laughs> And she, um, but she brought me to a meeting. She wanted to go back, you know, she hadn't been. And uh, we, we went to this meeting and I, I, I don't even remember where it was. And that, that meeting stuck with me, something stuck a little bit enough for, for me to go to another meeting. So the, but not that, so the, I went to another meeting after, just after that. And um, that was a St. John's meeting in Berkeley on Wednesday nights, I think. Uh, Lewis was there, a bunch of, bunch of folks that came to mean recovery to me. And as soon as I was in that room, as weird as it was, you know, like weird church room with like broken couches and I don't know what weird, you know, not a place that I would think that I would wanna be. I felt at home right away. I just knew I was with my people. 
and I could see, I could feel the recovery. I could see that people lost weight. That was awesome. Wanted that. But I think more than that, I could just really feel the, um, like, contentment or growth that people were experiencing. And I, um, and I stayed. I got a sponsor. Started working the steps. I was absent right away because I, I had um, been on this vegan something before I got into OA. And that turned into my abstinence. It's never been my path to struggle to get my abstinence, but over time, so now it's been almost like 20 years since I got in a program. So uh, over time, what happened, I'll just, I'll just tell a little bit, like kind of my main struggle was that, um, you know, lost a lot of weight, you know, right away, blah, blah, blah. After let's say a few years later, things started to drop off around the edges, like in terms of spiritual fitness, in terms of taking, doing the step, in terms of, you know, doing the, the footwork. And I found that, um, and my feet just got kind of like fuzzy around the edges. And I stopped for a long time, let's say like for more than five years, more than five, maybe uh, I'm terrible with time, but like 10, 10 years, <laughs> long time. I, wasn't very clear about my abstinence like I was you know so like let's say I'd gotten down to like 100 like I was 210 I got down to like 149 at my lowest at the beginning of recovery and then I, I kind of over this time I gained maybe like 10 pounds back and it was just fuzzy around the edges and I never I realized that I kind of woke up at the end of this like 10 years like it was a few years ago I kind of woke up and I said I can't really say that I'm abstinent like I'm, I'm eating compulsively. I'm not like face down in the food, but I'm eating compulsively every day. And so I had, and that, that sucked. Like, whoa, did I not want to like have to say like, oh, oh you know, cause I had been abstinent for 15 years, however many years, I didn't want to say that. And I had to just face the truth and I had to reset my abstinence and make a different plan just talked to my sponsor and made a plan that I knew exactly if I was abstinent or not. I never before knew really, but it's like, you know, today it's like, it's three meals. Um, and I have one snack in the middle of the morning and that's freaking it. And if I go beyond that. I am not absent. And I, and I don't eat sugar. Actually I, these, um, I just, I became a vegan about a month ago. So it's like, there's other things, but that's not part of my abstinence, really. Um, but I can't tell you what a relief and what a comfort that was to know. Like, and I have a little thing where I track it, and like every day, it's like, yep, I was abstinent, a hundred percent clear. And the clarity that that gave me, um, just in in just, I don't know, the confidence. It's kind of this wholesome confidence of like. I'm abstinent and it, and it just, it, it's like this beautiful place to start all the time. Like every day, it's this really beautiful place to start. So I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, and now my, my, is it time now? Why don't I just finish with that? I, I love being here. Thank you all so much. <laughs>